Chapter 16 of Elusive Isabel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Roger Moline. Elusive Isabel by Jacques Futrelle. Chapter 16 Letters from Jail. For two weeks, Signor Pietro Petrozini, known to the Secret Service as an unaccredited agent of the Italian government and the self-confessed assailant of Signor Alvarez of the Mexican legation, had been taking his ease in a cell. He had been formally arraigned and committed without bail to await the result of the bullet wound which had been inflicted upon the diplomatist from Mexico at the German embassy ball, and, since then, undisturbed and apparently careless of the outcome, he had spent his time in reading and smoking. He had answered questions with only a curt yes or no when he deigned to answer them at all, and there had been no callers or inquiries for him. He had abruptly declined a suggestion of counsel. Twice each day, morning and night, he had asked a question of the jailer who brought his simple meals. How is Signor Alvarez? He is still in critical condition. The answer was always the same. Whereupon the secret agent would return to his reading with not a shadow of uneasiness or concern on his face. Occasionally there came a courteous little note from Miss Thorne, which he read without emotion, afterward casting them aside or tearing them up. He never answered them. And then one day there came another note, which, for no apparent reason, seemed to stir him from his lethargy. Outwardly it was like all the others, but when Signor Petrozini scanned the sheet his eyes lighted strangely, and he stood staring down at it as though to hide a sudden change of expression on his face. His gaze was concentrated on two small splotches of ink, where it seemed the pen had scratched as Miss Thorne signed her name. The guard stood at the barred door for a moment, then started to turn away. The prisoner stopped him with a quick gesture. Oh, guard, may I have a glass of milk, please? he asked. No ice. I prefer it tepid. He thrust a small coin between the bars. The guard accepted it and passed on. Then, still standing at the door, the prisoner read the note again. My dear friend, I understand from an indirect source that there has been a marked improvement in Signor Alvarez's condition, and I am hastening to send you the good news. There is every hope that within a short while, if he continues to improve, we can arrange a bail bond, and you will be free until the time of trial, anyway. Might it not be well for you to consult an attorney at once? Drop me a line to let me know you received this. Sincerely, Isabel Thorne. Finally, the prisoner tossed the note on a tiny table in the corner of his cell and resumed his reading. After a time, the guard returned with the milk. "'Would it be against the rules for me to write an answer to this?' queried Signor Petrozini, and he indicated the note. "'Certainly not,' was the reply. "'If I might trouble you, then, for pen and ink and paper,' suggested the Signor, and he smiled a little. "'Believe me.' I would prefer to get them for myself. I guess that's right, the guard grinned good-naturedly. 
Again he went away, and the prisoner sat thoughtfully sipping the milk. He took half of it, then lighted a cigarette, puffed it once or twice, and permitted the light to die. After a little there came again the clatter of the guard's feet on the cement pavement, and the writing materials were thrust through the bars. "'Thank you,' said the prisoner. The guard went on with a nod, and a moment later the signor heard the clangor of a steel door down the corridor as it was closed and locked. He leaned forward in his chair with half-closed eyes, listening for a long time, then rose and noiselessly approached the cell door. Again he listened intently, after which he resumed his seat. He tossed away the cigarette he had and lighted a fresh one, afterward holding the note over the flame of the match. Here and there, with a paper charred in the heat, a letter or word stood out from the bare whiteness of the paper, and finally a message complete appeared between the innocuous ink-written lines. The prisoner read it greedily. Am privately informed there is little chance of Alvarez's recovery. Shall I arrange escape for you, or have Ambassador intercede? Would advise former, as the other might take months, and meeting to sign treaty alliance would be dangerously delayed. Signor Petrozzini permitted the sputtering flame to ignite the paper, and thoughtfully watched the blaze destroy it. The last tiny scrap dropped on the floor, burned out, and he crushed the ashes under his heel. Then he began to write. My dear Miss Thorne, many thanks for your courteous little note. I am delighted to know of the improvement in Signor Alvarez's condition. I had hoped that my impulsive act in shooting him would not end in a tragedy. Please keep me informed of the further change in his condition. As yet, I do not see the necessity of consulting an attorney, but later I may be compelled to do so. Respectfully, Pietro Petrozzini. This done, the secret agent carefully cleaned the ink from the pen, wiping it dry with his handkerchief, then thrust it into the half-empty glass of milk. The fluid clung to the steel nib thinly. He went on writing with it between the lines of ink. I am in no danger. I hold credentials to United States, which, when presented, will make me responsible only to the Italian government as special envoy, according to international law. Arrange escape for one week from tonight. Use any money necessary. Make careful arrangements for the test and signing of compact for two nights after. Again, the prisoner cleaned the steel nib, after which he put it back in the bottle of ink, leaving it there. He waved the sheet of paper back and forth to dry it, and at last scrutinized it minutely, standing under the light from the high-up window of his cell. Letter by letter the milk evaporated, leaving the sheet perfectly clean and white, except for the ink-written message. This sheet he folded, placed in an envelope, and addressed. Later, the guard passed along the corridor, and Signor Petrozzini thrust the letter out to him. "'Be good enough to post that, please,' he requested. "'It isn't sealed. I don't know if your prison rules require you to read the letters that go out. If so, read it, or have it read, then seal it.' 
For answer, the guard dampened the flap of the envelope, sealed it, thrust it into his pocket, and passed on. The secret agent sat down again and sipped his milk meditatively. One hour later, Mr. Grimm, accompanied by Johnson, came out of a photographer's dark room in Pennsylvania Avenue with a developed negative which he set on a rack to dry. At the end of another hour, he was sitting at his desk studying, under a magnifying glass, a finished print of the negative. Word by word, he was writing on a slip of paper what his magnifying glass gave him, and so, curiously enough, it came to pass that Miss Thorne and Chief Campbell of the Secret Service were reading the hidden, milk-written message at almost the identical moment. "'Johnson got Petrozini's letter from the postman,' Mr. Grimm was explaining. "'I opened it, photographed it, sealed it again, and remailed it. There was not more than half an hour's delay, and Miss Thorne cannot possibly know of it.' He paused a moment. It's an odd thing that writing such as that is absolutely invisible to the naked eye, and yet, when photographed, becomes decipherable in the negative. "'What do you make of it?' Mr. Campbell asked. The guileless blue eyes were alive with eagerness. "'Well, he's right, of course, about not being in danger,' said Mr. Grimm. "'If he came with credentials as special envoy, this government must respect them, even if Signor Alvarez dies.' and leave it to his own government to punish him. If we were officially aware that he has such credentials, I doubt if we would have the right to keep him confined. We would merely have to hand him over to the Italian embassy and demand his punishment. And, of course, all that makes him more dangerous than ever. Yes, I know that, said the chief a little impatiently. But who is this man? Who is this man? Mr. Grimm repeated as if surprised at the question. I was looking for Prince Benedetto d'Abruzzi of Italy. I have found him. Mr. Campbell's clock-like brain ticked over the situation in detail. It's like this, Mr. Grimm elucidated. He has credentials which he knows will free him if he is forced to present them but I imagine they were given to him more for protection in an emergency like this than for introducing him to our government. As the matter stands, he can't afford to discover himself by using those credentials. And yet, if the Latin compact is signed, he must be free. Remember, too, that he is accredited from three countries, Italy, France, and Spain. He was silent for a moment. Naturally, his escape from prison would preserve his incognito, and at the same time permit him to sign the compact. There was silence for a long time. I believe the situation is without precedent, said Mr. Campbell slowly. The special envoy of three great powers held for attempted... Officially, we are not aware of his purpose or his identity, Mr. Grimm reminded him. If he escaped, it would clarify the situation tremendously. If he escaped, repeated Mr. Campbell musingly. But of course, the compact would not be signed, at least in this country, Mr. Grimm went on tentatively. Mr. Campbell gazed straight into the listless eyes of the young man for a minute or more, and gradually full understanding came home to him. Finally, he nodded his head. 
Use your own judgment, Mr. Grimm, he directed. End of chapter 16 Recording by Roger Moline